0: Hey Siri, remind me to pick up milk on the way home. Hey Siri, remind me about ballet practice at 5pm. Hey Siri, remind me to ask mom if I can borrow her car for Friday. Hey Siri, remind me to call the body shop. Hey Siri, remind me to take out the trash tonight. Siri, hey Siri, hey Siri, hey Siri, hey Siri, hey Siri, Siri, Siri. Siri, Siri. Siri, Siri. Siri,
1: All right, welcome to church, everybody. My name's Casey. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, so we're, we're, we've been in Book of Ephesians for quite some time, and we're really ending this series with spiritual warfare. And uh, look, if you haven't been watching, or you, you know, maybe you're serving in a ministry or you're out of town, man, I would really highly encourage you to catch up, go back online, and, and check out the latest messages because they're really going to build upon one another because we're systematically going through the Book of Ephesians. And it's a reminder to the busy church, right? You remember we're all busy and uh, we're all running out of time, right? And so Paul's writing a letter to the church in Ephesus And the cool thing about this letter is that it's very pertinent for us today. It really is. It's very relevant for us today. And so when we're reading the word and we're discovering all that God has for us through the word, uh, just remember that it's now. It's a now word. I know there's historical things we talk about, which is good, which embellishes our understanding of the word of God today. But uh, it's just as relevant now as it was yesterday. And it never gets old. It never fades away. We fade away but the word never fades away. And last week in the arm of God, we talked about truth and we talked about righteousness and we talked about peace and how those are weapons of warfare that we use as individuals in Christ. And really the main idea here is that believers are called to stand firm in the midst of spiritual warfare by God's power with God's armor and in constant prayer. And uh, that's, that, that is the will of God, that we would be stabilized and that we wouldn't be blown and tossed by the winds of adversity, the winds of doctrine, the, the winds uh, that come against our life, but we'd be solidified in our faith all the way to the end. And uh, that's why we gather together, by the way, so that we can encourage one another. Uh, we all need encouragement. We, we, all, we, all, we all need that encouragement that says, hey, continue in the fight of faith, It's good to have somebody in your corner, right? It's good to show up to a gathering like this where we can encourage one another. I need just as much encouragement as you do, even though I'm standing here preaching the word of God, right? Because I wake up in the morning just like you, very tired and I need five cups of coffee now. But I wanna remind you what Paul was talking about in the beginning of, of, of Ephesians chapter six about this armor. And he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be, why? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So I wanna remind you that the, we're, we're looking at this armor because we gotta stand against the trickery against the schemes, against the lie of the devil that is meant to take us out. I mean, we talked about it, that the plan of the enemy is to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came and I came to give life and to destroy the works of the evil one in your life. Uh, And so that's why we're standing here in the armor of God uh, because we are in war. This is war. We're in a spiritual war. It's a reality. We like what Spurgeon said. He said, like the Spartans, Every Christian is born a warrior. It is his destiny to be assaulted, but it is his duty to attack. Very militant. And sometimes we have to take a militant stand in our life as Christians. A militant stand is not a prideful stance. A militant stance is a stance of faith and a meekness knowing where our strength comes from. That's that's how we should stand. And above all, we should stand in faith, with the armor of God accessible in our life because we're in Christ. And faith in Christ equals authority in Christ. And uh, it's all in Christ. And so Paul the apostle, he's saying saying in verse 16, Ephesians, he says, in all circumstances, or in all circumstances, one virgin says in addition to, essentially what he's saying is, the, the things we talked about earlier, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the shoes of the gospel, he said, you have that, but above all, take up the shield of faith with, your, with which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one. Extinguish. He said the shield of faith is going to extinguish those darts. And you know, when, when I think about the armor of God, I can't help but think about the lifestyle in Christ. Because the armor of God is not an event, right? It's not a costume that we put on. It's it's something that belongs to us in Christ because it's wrapped up in Christ. And so it's a lifestyle operating circumspectly. It's a lifestyle operating with this vantage point that we're in a spiritual war. And and being aware of that and not deceived. And so it's a big deal. It's a lifestyle. And so if it's a lifestyle, you can't put down your guard. Right? You can't lay down in the trench and die. You got to keep moving. You know what I'm talking about. You got to, to remain in Christ and remain this Uh, sobriety this understanding this awareness of what's happening actually in the unseen realm that we can't see with our naked eye and because of that maybe we can forget about it sometimes but that's why we're preaching to remind you of your identity in Christ and our current circumstance which this is war this is war so let's talk about circumstances anyway. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about circumstances because he said the shield of faith is able to quench every fiery dart of the, of the enemy. Guess what? Those fiery darts, we'll talk a little bit more about them, but these fiery darts are gonna come at your life regardless of your circumstances. Some great deception is, is if everything's going good, no fiery darts are raining down on me. It's only when everything's going bad, right? Paul the apostle was writing this metaphor, if you would. Most theologians think, but look, this guy was chained in Rome and Roman soldiers dressed a certain way. And he's probably gazing at this soldier, thinking about the church, thinking about the people of God. And by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he he put together really a modern day parable for the reader because everybody knew what a Roman guard looked like. So most likely he's just chained there looking at the Roman guard, writing this armor, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in a bad circumstance. Think about that. He's not riding this on the mountain looking at the lily with the fresh stream rolling by and the deer hopping through. You're know, like Bob Ross. He's in, he, he's, he's in, a, he's in a, a, a place of turmoil. He's in a place of distress And in that place, he's saying, hey, look, we have the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. So if you're in a bad circumstance, if you've got trials raining down, fiery darts are coming. But if you're in a good circumstance and you feel like everything's good and everything's all right and you know what I'm talking about, maybe you got your bills paid or maybe you got that new promotion or maybe you just got married, let me tell you, the fiery darts are coming. Some of you know that the fiery dart was, you're talking about my spouse. No, I'll leave that up to interpretation. (laughs) Right? But in the good, there's fiery darts coming in. That's sometimes when we lay down our guard. There's a guy in the Bible in the Old Testament by the name of David. And it said there was a season of war where kings went out to war and he didn't go out to war. It says that he woke up mid-afternoon. What you doing laying in the bed mid-afternoon, king? And he gazed upon a woman and had a wrong motive in his heart. And the story unfolds pretty bad for him. He should have been in war. And so anyways, I'm here to encourage you that regardless of your current circumstance, live circumspect because this is war. Don't let your guard down. Take up the shield of faith. So Paul said, he said, "Take up the shield of faith, this metaphor." He's like, "The shield represents protection." You know, some of the uh, interpreters were looking at that word a little bit closer, and it also, also paints a picture of a door. You know We use doors for protection. He, he said, "The shield of faith is, is, is protection." You know, back then, the, the Romans, they had this shield, and, and uh, it had a piece of leather over it, and they, they doused or soaked this leather in water so that when the fiery darts came, it would extinguish the flames and protect them. And that's how faith is. Faith in Christ and faith in what he did on the cross and who I am in him and reminding myself of that is a form of faith and protection. And I have to remind myself of my identity in Christ regardless of my circumstance because that protects me Is faith. Why, that's why P, uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, he said, I'm praying, Peter, that your faith doesn't fail you, which tells me faith can fail you, which tells me that if Jesus is praying for Peter to keep that shield of faith up, we've gotta be reminded the shield of faith protects us. And it also represents our identity. I'm, kinda, I'm talking about identity, I'm talking about faith, I'm talking about reminding us who we are in Christ. And if you look at the uh, metaphor a little bit closer uh, when it comes to the Roman shields, they had symbols on them and them symbols were representations of certain things. They had a color red, which really was the God of Mars or the God of war. And uh, then they had lightning bolts that, that, that represented like Jupiter, the, 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 the supreme God. And then they had their nation on there, Rome, eagle's wings, Rome. It was an identifier, it was identity. When they came banging those swords, they were coming in the name of Rome under the God of Jupiter. And Paul's seeing this metaphor from the spiritual side. And when people see that, that they were reading, they're like, yeah, they're coming in the name of Rome. But he says, we're standing in the name of Jesus. We, our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. We're standing in the name of Jesus. It's an invisible shield. You know what I'm talking about? And he's, and he's like, look guys, th- th- this, this is your identity and Christ is the shield of faith. What he did on the cross is the shield of faith. The free gift of eternal life is the shield of faith. It's that you were once uh, far off and now you've been brought near. You once were alienated from the promise of God, but because of Christ, you've been merged in. You've been grafted into the family of God. Now you're an heir of Christ, Stand in your identity by faith. And, 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 and we have to do that, meaning we have to confess that. Christ did it, but we confess it. We agree with what God did and is doing. And when we uh, merge into that lane of agreement, power is released. Faith. Faith. Unfortunately, you know, as people, sometimes we waver from that understanding of faith And we we begin to put our hope into things that doesn't look like what I just talked about. Our shield sometimes is money and relationships, our education and titles, our church attendance. That's my shield of faith. When the devil comes knocking out showing my attendance chart. That ain't gonna work. (laughs) Little secret. Social presence, how many likes I have on Instagram? Well, they're removing likes because people are killing themselves. Anyways, that's another thing. You know what's so cool about the shield of faith? Is the fact that we all have access to a shield of faith collectively as the body of Christ. You know, when I was young in my faith, this is a very simple, simple illustration, it's been used and burned up for many, many years. But I I, I remember when uh, they talked about a flock of uh, animals and usually the one that was strayed off by themselves was the one that got attacked. And so National Geographic came alive to me like never before. (laughs) And so it is with the body of Christ. Collectively, we are the army of God. And so collectively, we all have a shield of faith. Put up that picture for me real quick. It's a picture of unity, number one. See, to me, Pastor Jordan talked about unity yesterday, did a really great job It's something dear to his heart. And what makes unity so effective is that we're a collective protecting one another. When you get in disunity with the gospel, essentially you're like the guy that can't lift his shield, the gal that can't lift their shield up, and you start arguing and bickering and moaning and groaning about sensual things or are people things in the church and you've lost the the luster of faith. And because of that, you're the one with the shield down and your faith can actually strengthen another person's faith. Sometimes you're holding up a shield for your neighbor to help them lift their shield up and be reminded of why they're here and what their identity is. That's why we used to say this is a gossip-free zone. What a waste of time. You know what I'm saying? So if you're gossiping, you're wasting God's time. Anyways, guess I'm preaching now. keep preaching that's what i do that's why I'm here that's why I'm here lord it's, it's yeah, I do have to be reminded why i'm why I'm, why I'm here um, the overarching power of Christian community that's why you you think we say get into small groups or get in, keep coming to church so that we can also, as pastors, put a little check on our number game? What a waste of time. Anyways, the inner circle. You have to develop an inner circle within the body of Christ. If you think it's going to happen automatically, you're sadly mistaken. What's amazing to me is sometimes when we are in our sinful state, we chase after things with tenacity. I used to go witness to people. I said, dude, you can hunt down that dope real quick, but you can't even make it to church. Psst. But sometimes when we're in the spiritual state, we, we, we become limp. What is that? I think it's an attack of the enemy. That's what I think. That's why I said this is war. Hold your shield both for yourself and those closest to you. So these Roman legionaries, the picture, you notice we still got that picture. Yeah, look at these guys. They, they, They closed ranks, the front row holding shields forward, and those behind them holding shields above them. They were deemed virtually invulnerable to any attack from flaming arrows. I have a responsibility not just for myself, but for my brother and my sister. Feel that gravity. Flaming darts are coming, guys. You know the old saying, we fight together, we live together, we die together. The power of your inner circle. Flaming darts are going to come, all circumstances. And some of these flaming darts are just lusts and evil thoughts and desires from within you. James talks about it. He says, each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. So it happens a lot of times when you're in the pit, you're crying for mercy, but when you're on the valley top, you're enticed in your flesh. You know? Flaming darts, doubt and despair, tragedy and loss. Within tragedy, flaming darts come of doubt and despair. Does God exist? Triumph and success then arrogance and pride sets in. And you know the fall of that is desires of your flesh then set in and you're enticed away. Paul said, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. We have an evil one. A little parable. Jesus was talking to Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. It says, when anyone hears the word of God, of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path, talking about seeds of the gospel. You know, we're sowers of the seed, and the enemy comes for those who don't understand it. And guess what? The Holy Spirit brings understanding to the hearer. We do the best job we can rightfully dividing the word of truth, showing ourselves approved, Disclosing the word of God contextually. And, 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 but at the end of the day, right? What God's, God's Holy Spirit activates the word in your life and uh, uh, embellishes the word in your life, contextualizes it to you as an individual, and we have a responsibility with that word. And so when the Holy Spirit brings that understanding, you've got to stand on that understanding and realize that this is an attack and things will come to try to uh, steal the word out of your life. It could come in the form of intellectualism, right? It can come in the form of, uh, of spiritualism. It can come in the form of, 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 of all kinds of things. But if you're aware of it, then you're able to pull up, put up your door. You know what I'm talking about? Put up your door and say, hold up a second. I'm not gonna be taken out in Jesus' name. Because I have faith and I've been bought with a price and it's a price that I couldn't pay and I'm reminding myself of that, that I can't pay for the price that Jesus already paid for. And so I'm gonna remain in that state. First John chapter five, verse four says, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, our faith, that's our victory. Our faith. Because if you lose your faith, what, you know, think about it. Just play that out. You're, it's, it's finished, you're, you're done. Let's die and let the worms eat us. That's what I used to say to an atheist. I said, "You're one day closer to the maggots and the worms." How's it feel? I just embellished his religion and thought it was a great time to celebrate it. He said. He said. In, uh, he kept going on in Ephesians. He said, "Take the helmet of salvation." and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the helmet of salvation. Man, the soldier's helmet was made out of bronze and leather and it was designed to protect his head because it was the most vital part. Is the head, the body, the, the head on the body, obviously. You know, our mind is an amazing thing, isn't it? First Thessalonians says, but since we belong... To the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. It's a living hope. The mind is secure and protected by a living hope of salvation. It's alive. Our hope is not dead. How can we sing, oh death, where is your sting without hope? Our hope is alive. And the mind, this is a mindset, by the way. It's a mindset that we live in, not the, the, the physical brain. I'm not talking about the physical, physical brain. There's a difference between the brain and the mind. The mindset is really the driver of the brain. What happens in the mindset affects the physical uh, uh, realities of the brain from a scientific standpoint. It's a mindset. You know, psychologists define mindsets as this there aren't just any beliefs, they are beliefs that orient our reactions and tendencies. They serve a number of cognitive functions. They let us frame situations. They direct our attention to the most important cues so that we're not overwhelmed with information. They suggest sensible goals so that we know what we should do and what we should be trying to achieve. They prime us with the reasonable courses of action so that we don't have to puzzle out what to do. And when our mindsets become habitual, here it is, they define who we are and and who we become. And so essentially what we're saying is have the mindset of Christ. Paul talks about it in in one of his books. He reminds the Philippians, he says, have this mind that's among yourselves, the mind of Christ. It's yours in Christ Jesus. And if you study that context, it's a mindset. It's a vantage point. And that's where the enemy wants to change your life and the trajectory of your life if he can shift your mindset. And if he can shift your mindset to get you out, he'll shift your mindset to get you out, but he'll also sh- shift your mindset to paralyze you here. He'll put you back into a works gospel. Matter of fact, there, some psychologists label a certain type of mindset as a fixed mindset. And I think the enemy wants to keep you in a fixed mindset of religion. And these are people with a mindset to prove themselves, Right? still don't understand your identity. And they may get very defensive when someone suggests that they made a mistake. In other words, they measure themselves by their failures. Doesn't that sound like religion to you? The treadmill of performance. And and, and, and if the the enemy can affect that mindset, even within Christendom, even though you're in Christ because maybe your theology is skewed or you haven't had revelation knowledge of this yet, he'll use that pseudo-religion, pseudo-revelation of performance, and keep you in a fixed mindset. Make sense? Then some psychologists, they talk about a growth mindset. On the other hand, they say this. They often show perseverance, the perseverance of the saints because of the grace of God, right? And resilience. I look at the growth mindset as the grace mindset, When they've committed errors, they become more motivated to keep moving forward. The Bible says a righteous man may fall. And if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. His name is Christ Jesus. Not to abuse grace, but grace is there when we fall so that you will fall, by the way. And the devil would love to leave you down but in that fixed mindset, but in that growth or grace mindset, your life will be ever effective because you have a redeemer. His name is Jesus. We, we, we can't ever forget who we are in Christ and that we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit because it's a living hope that, I don't really have words for it, but it's something, it's like a fire that we stoke within us when we're together, when we worship, when we confess the word of God, when we sing the word of God. It, 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 it blows on the embers, if you would, of revelation in our heart to remain in our identity and not forget and confess that and stand. Gurnall said this, take it so as never to lay down until God takes off this helmet to put a crown of glory in its place. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. You know, when you think about a sword in the Roman times, they had a sword that was a little bit smaller and it was a precision sword. It was made for precisionists. And the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it penetrates. It has precision. It doesn't return void. It's, 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 it's God's word. And God carries out his word in this time and then the, the time after this. And so as, as, as a person in Christ, we can participate in what he has for us, which is his word. And we can become precisionists with it, by the way. You can actually become a precisionist by the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ to where you use the word of God in all circumstances. And that's kind of like the sword that you know some commentators say that this was the only offensive weapon mentioned. This is my commentary. I can beat people with a shield too. Didn't hear anybody saying that. I can take off my helmet and I know. I was like, man, what is this? Who's this guy? sword of the spirit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says the word of God is living and active sharpening any two-edged sword piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. When the Holy Spirit reveals the word to you we call that revelation and it becomes a powerful weapon revelation does a powerful weapon. The testimony of our mouths. As the sword became an extension of the soldier's arm, and so you uh, police officers know this, and uh, military people, that the gun becomes a part of who you are. It actually develops into your muscle memory. It's automatic. When you train with a weapon, it's automatic. It's within your muscle memory. It, it, it gets down into your uh, subconscious level to where you're not even aware of your muscle memory anymore. It's like driving a car. You know, sometimes I drive here and I don't even remember getting off the interstate. Anybody say that? That's why my wife has lots of faith. You know, she's, she has the shield of faith every time she gets in the car with also a bite rag. But um, <laughs> I said, baby, I like to use the gas pedal only. She said, I know, I'm gonna die. Um, so the word of God has to become an extension of who you are The word is made flesh, his name is Jesus The Holy Spirit lives inside of us And, and, and the word of God we have access to And the Holy Spirit will remind us of all, the, all of the truth pertaining to Jesus Which is the word And it becomes an extension of who we are Like I said, you remember, precisionists Precisionists and if you're not using the word of God, you're getting bounced all around, guys. Let me tell you something. You're getting, you can see the sun goes down, but the sun's gonna go down in that mind. You have to use the word of God as an extension of your life, not a daily Bible reading plan so you can have another check mark. I'm talking about it's who I am. The word is in me. Jeremiah the prophet said, the words like shut up in my bones It's a part of my lifeline. See what I'm talking about? Not do you have your little daily Bible reading plan? (laughs) Can share that little beautiful picture on Instagram as this, I'm a Bible reader. (laughs) Aren't you motivated? That sounds terrible. All right. Pilgrim's progress said this, because the Christian had no armor for his back, the best option was to stand his ground. I'm gonna read this scripture, we're gonna pray. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised, his name is Jesus, is faithful. Will you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you. God, I thank you that you encourage your people today. God, I thank you that you're solidifying people, God, right now. You're strengthening them by your word, God. Your word, God. God strengthens us. God, I pray over every person here today who came discouraged, but God, I pray that even as of right now, there is a a strengthening. Look, the apostles, they said, Lord, increase our faith. So they said about, they taught Jesus. Jesus, increase our faith. So God, I'm praying that over this church. Increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith. I wanna thank you for that victory and it's in that faith that we can actually say we have joy. We have joy. And I don't want to leave anybody out, man. Maybe somebody's in this room right now watching online who said, you know, I don't believe I have this living faith, this hope that you talked about in Christ. I, I'm not quite sure that if I, if I died today that I'm, I'm not really quite sure. Hey, look, that's the Holy Spirit illuminating something in your heart that you're outside of the will of God and you can come near through Jesus. There's one God and there's one mediator between God and man, and it's the man Christ Jesus. And so I'm just gonna lead you in a little bit of prayer right here that says, I surrender to that truth. Lord, that's you. I surrender to that truth. God, I put my faith in what you did. I put my faith in Jesus who died a sinless death for me who carried the weight of sin that I could never carry. And I access that now by faith in Jesus. I put all my eggs into that basket. I surrender to it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Let's give it up, church, for those who prayed that prayer. Here, Pastor Jordan. Come on, Pastor
0: Come on in case you don't know, um, you just heard incredible teaching on the battle that we're in, but the authority that we have. And, um, you know, each week, uh, in case maybe you're new around here, we have a, a teaching team here at Northwood church and, uh, we have six different guys that teach and, um, uh, myself, pastor Casey, pastor Steven, my dad on the front row, pastor Van and, um, and then also Pastor Micah and Pastor Mike, they're over at Long Beach and Wiggins. And each week we get together, we, 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 we study, we, we kind of put together these messages. And it's always fun to be able to uh, be a part of that planning process, but then to be able to sit and receive from the very thing that you even invested in. Um, even in me being a part of that, uh, man, I was encouraged to such a, a great degree and reminded. And I hope that you all have this understanding that we're in a war, that we're in a battle. And man, so many times we we make it so super superficial. You know, we make it so uh, people to people and we miss what's really going on. Yesterday, we had a freedom conference here. It's, a, it's the culmination of our freedom groups. And uh, those days are so jam-packed of with prayer and worship and teaching. But underneath all of that is this battle that's raging and if you've ever been to to one of those you know you're listening to the to the teaching and somebody says something and it and it reaches down into a deep part of your heart maybe a struggle maybe a fear and all of a sudden you're thrust into this battle and um you know that was yesterday but I know that today the same thing's happening in this room even watching online um you hear something and it, and it sparks something and, and you have these questions or you have these fears that come up and I'm telling you nothing soothes that or fights that like the Word of God does like the truth of God does. everything else falls short. And so I was just encouraged sitting there just being reminded of that so thank you Pastor Casey that I mean I thought it was incredible I thought it was incredible so. You know, we got a good church. we got a good church, y'all. Good people, uh, good leadership. Uh, three locations, soon to be four. this coming next year, and we're excited about that. But let us not get lulled to sleep thinking that we can continue to, to take ground for the kingdom of God, right? And take ground and, and say, man, we're going to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, and there's not going to be pushback. There's not going to be a, a, a spiritual war that we're in. In your families, in your relationships, come on, in this church, between, between us as individuals, there's always going to be opportunity for disunity, as Pastor Casey was referring to. And I want to encourage you to take up that shield of faith for yourself and for other people next to you. Come on, we're a team. We're a team. And some of you today, today you prayed that prayer. You said yes to following Jesus, and and now congratulations! Both you are saved. Come on, come on. Heaven is your home, right? That's 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 your future. It's secure. And also congratulations! You have entered into a war. Come on, like like, here's a shield. Here's here's a sword. Here's a gun, and uh, let's go. Right? It's true. Here, I'm telling you. Yesterday, we were wrapping up the Freedom Conference, and I was telling everybody. I said, "Look, if I told you that that this coming week, like, oh, let me let me paint the picture first. If if you were in a platoon and you're going down this dirt road, right, and you're going through like the jungle or whatever, and there there's there's woods everywhere, and, and I said, hey, and around that next curve, there's a bunch of guys all up in the trees, and they're going to ambush you. All right, it's coming. They're there." would you approach that, that curve a little bit differently, right? You might even take a shortcut or you might, I don't know, you're going to do something different. You're not just going to like waltz through that curve, you know, and just take it. I mean, you're going you're gonna to be in defense mode. And, and those of you who just made a decision to follow Jesus, I'm telling you, man, look, this thing is real. This week, the next couple of weeks, you're going to, as you begin to press forward, you're going to encounter resistance. I told him yesterday, because it happens all the time. You're going to have that long lost Boyfriend or girlfriend, they're gonna Facebook message you out of nowhere. I mean, it's gonna be like, yes, you know, but you know, you know, hey, I don't think that I'm supposed to really be a part of this. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna come in different versions, different forms, but that's how it happens. And the enemy is, he has tactics. That's why we need each other. And that's why every time that somebody prays a prayer of salvation here at Northwood Church, we wanna invite you into the family of God to be a part of what's going on. That picture, Come on, you can't stand in the middle of the desert with your own shield and think that you're gonna be able to do it. It, it. it just doesn't work. And so this is the way that we wanna kind of invite you into the family here at Northwood Church is uh, through this What's Next card. You guys heard about it earlier in this service. It's very, very simple. It's your name and email or a phone number, we're going to reach out to you. Actually, an uh, um, uh, assistant pastor here in Gulfport, his name is Tom. He is going to reach out to you this week through text or email. And uh, we want to help get you connected. We really do. And that's our plan okay there it is there's nothing hidden we want to get you in a group of people that you can begin to grow with Um, we're wrapping up our small groups um, uh, here in November but we're going to be kicking back off in February and our goal is for you to be a part of one of those small groups to begin to grow in your faith Uh, another way of doing that is to continue to show up to church each week all right all right it's not the check mark all right right we're not doing this for check marks we're doing it because it matters we put value on it and so so show up to church start getting involved matter of fact um well let me finish with a card and then i'll take uh, i could take you to the next thing take this card we'd love for you to turn it in at the back of the room in the next steps area we've got a couple back there right now who would love to take that we have a gift for you and we'd love to just encourage you answer any questions you have if you're in a hurry you could drop these on in the buckets on the way out we have some host members who are holding the bucket and you, uh, you can turn them in there. But also another good way of sort of getting connected right here is we have a Next Steps class that's coming up right after this service at about 10.15. I'm going to be teaching the Next Steps class. If you go through these doors and you exit to your left, there's the bathroom. Don't go to the bathroom, but take another left, okay? And there's a classroom right there. We'll be in there. It's about 45 minutes, an hour. And uh, we want to let you know who we are as a church, what we're doing, and how you can be a part all right. Very, very simple. And uh, we'd love for you to, to get on a team and begin to serve and to be a part of the church. But, but first off, you kind of need to know what's going on, right? And, and if you've been kind of kicking the tires for a while, it'd be a great time for you to come and, and kind of see behind the curtain what's really going on and what our, what our goals are, what's our kind of our, our culture here at Northwood Church. And so I'd love to meet you and talk to you in there in just a few minutes. A um, couple other things. We give every single week. We give money, we give of our time, we give of our talents, but we also give of our money and our treasures. And money sometimes gets a little bit funky in church, right? Y'all you know what I'm talking about. You know, people misuse, and everybody's very defensive because money represents our life. You know what I'm saying? But as a church, we handle the money very well. We 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 save about ten percent, or reserve ten percent. We we operate off of about eighty percent, but we give. of everything that we receive as a church. We give to local missions. We support all sorts of things. Women's Resource Center just had a big gala this week, and we support them. Uh, We actually gave $10,000 directly uh, in addition to what we give them monthly to go towards a mobile pregnancy unit. What they're going to do is, yeah, come on. What they're going to do is they're going to take this this uh, RV that's fitted out with an ultrasound equipment and all this good stuff. And they're gonna drive up into these apartment complexes or, or subdivisions or whatever and they're gonna go and they're gonna educate women who are in crisis pregnancy situations and maybe they're at the end of the rope and uh, they have one place here off of uh, Lorraine Road but they're gonna be able to go to Stone and Jackson and Hancock County and uh, here's the deal. Four out of five women who step foot on those RVs and they can hear that baby's heartbeat. They choose life they choose to save that baby so we want to be a part of that come on So we support all sorts of things like that. We plant churches all over the world. And so so our money does not just stay here, right? All right, it, it goes and it advances the gospel in many different ways. And so you're a part of that every time that you give. And we have four ways to give. You can text, you can uh, give in the boxes in the lobbies. We have some places you can put in there. Um, you can give online. It's actually what I do, northwood.church slash giving. That way I never have to remember it because I barely remember to pay my bills. Like everything's just gotta be automatic. You know what I'm talking about. That's the same thing with my tie. That's what I do. But then also the same Buckets that the cards go in you can even give uh if you'd like to there man somebody's got a meeting i mean it's 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 a big deal i understand it's like we got to get this thing wrapped up so but look one last thing and then we're going to stand and, and, and close every week we have a prayer team at the front of the room and i'd encourage you if you're going through anything in your life right Come up to the front, get prayer, agree with someone. We believe in the power of prayer. It is real. It works. God hears our prayer. And I believe that some of you need to come up today and uh, and, and do that, all right? So let's stand on our feet. On the way out today, you'll see info guides in our info guide holders. I'd love for you to grab one of those on the way out. It's got our whole kind of calendar, of what's coming up. There, you can kind of put it in the calendar. That way, you can't say I didn't know about it. I didn't. I didn't hear about it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. We got info guides in the uh, in the lobby. So, thank you guys so much for coming. It was great seeing you, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye bye.